This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Beth Capici and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. This is Beth Capici, and today I am here with a very special guest. I have admired her from afar for years and met her a few times, but I am over the moon to be able to interview her today about her pursuit. Uh, She's had many amazing pursuits, and she's in a pretty new one with her husband that we're going to talk about. So I will introduce her here in a second, but let me go ahead and say, hi, Shelly. Hi, this is Dr. Shelly Prevost. And before she starts going, cause I just can't wait to hear everything. Um, I want to tell you a little bit about her. She does have three kids. We have some interesting parallels. Her mm-hmm. kids are all basically adolescents like mine, Yep, 1916 and 12. Mm-hmm. And she and her husband have been together a very long time. She is a licensed therapist, also an educational psychologist, an angel investor, which I have to find out. I have no idea what that is. Okay. <laughs> uh, TED Talk speaker. Is that uh-huh. TEDx? Yeah. Um, yeah. Leadership coach, Enneagram practitioner and coach. Um, she's a type two on the Enneagram. I'm sure that will come up. And she had been a business psychologist and startup executive for 10 years. Uh, 
And now she's back to her roots and helping people become the wisest, fullest, and most authentic version of themselves, Mm -hmm. which is what she feels called to do. And this was taken from her bio or on her, her website, which was just so amazing. I had to use it. I also wanted to talk about how she and her husband have this calling in their new business, which is called the big self school. And I don't know if business is the right word, but mm-hmm. venture. Sure. Yeah. And they say that they are champions of self-knowledge, practitioners of vulnerability and guardians of the soul. That is so much in like 10 words. It's amazing. So that's a little bit about Shelly. So do you want to just kind of tell us about the big self school and and anything you want about your background? I would love to. First, thank you for having me. Um, I too have admired you from afar for many years. Um, I think our worlds definitely overlap in several mm-hmm. ways. I know some of your clients who speak so highly of Aww. you um, and you and the impact you're making in this Aww, community with you. your work and this podcast. Thank uh, you. Getting to kind of scale your message, your work beyond just, you know, the people that you see every week. So, um, so. Well, thank you. Good. Yes. This I'm, is good stuff. It's been neat that we really have known each other from afar and finally mm-hmm. got to intersect more and hopefully will be more and more personally and professionally. Um, but I remember when you were doing full-time clinical practice before you did your startup Mm -hmm. with the uh, technology startup and you would refer clients to me and I would refer clients to you and hear great things about you. I mean, all these years later. Yes. Yeah. So, but I'm so excited about your big self school and I'm new ish to the Enneagram mm-hmm. the last couple of years. I'm, I would consider myself in like grade three on the Enneagram. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm very new and you're an expert. Well, so. I tell you though, the more I learn about it, the more I realize I know very little right. about it. Just crack it's, the surface. It's one of those Pandora boxes that you just, you just kind of get lost in because yeah. there's just so much depth and um, sophistication to the system that, um, it's probably, I'll be studying it probably the rest of my life, quite honestly. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, big self, um, Mm -hmm. school. So yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, my husband, Chad left his job two weeks before the pandemic shut everything down. Wow. March of 2020. Yes. To help me with this and, um, so it's been almost two years of figuring out what the heck this is. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with it? What do we want to want it to be? Mm. Um, and it's it's really cool to see how it's morphed and into something that I don't know that we could have imagined it was. Mm. But the the vision all along has been, um, as a therapist and as a, and as a coach, both like doing, um, the only way I can say it is just kind of remedial Mm -hmm. work with people in terms of like pieces and gaps in their own, um, development Mm -hmm. that they feel like they struggle, you know, struggle with or suffer from. Mm. And so it's, it's been something for many years. I'm like, why don't we learn psychology mm-hmm. and emotional well-being and how to develop 
personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. why these pieces, like we don't learn these things, mm-hmm. um, most of us. And so we're thrown into adulthood and um, struggle with some, mm-hmm. some relationship skills or self-awareness, like knowing ourselves. And so the vision all along has been, how do we help with that kind of that proactive um, instead of reactive well-being. Mm. And so now we're, you know, a lot of it's been online. And so now we're starting to look at what, what curriculum could look like. How do we partner with um, therapists, like licensed mm-hmm. professionals to teach these skills, to help people kind of wake up to themselves mm. in a community where I think we learn best. Um, and so that's really the vision and kind of where it is right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really fun to, to see this thing kind of come together and to think about like, what are the, the proactive skills that we need to learn to mm-hmm. be thriving and not just surviving in our lives. Mm. And so, so that's where it is right now. Yeah. yeah. It's so profound. And then so basic at the same yep. time, like so much of it is really simple, but it can be completely life-changing mm-hmm. and I love that phrase, wake up to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, this process, I tell people, um, the Enneagram, you don't find the Enneagram, the Enneagram finds you mm. when you're ready for it. And it does kind of hook you mm-hmm. when in a very profound way when you're ready for it. And to find the Enneagram um, gives all of this work that we've been wanting to put together a framework, mm. like a system for people, because a lot of Enneagram practitioners will talk about that, like the Enneagram wakes you up to mm. yourself because we're all sleepwalking. Mm. We're all unconscious to our own selves and our own patterns and our own um, uh, like blind spots, like things that we're not, we don't even see. Mm -hmm. And so to, to learn the Enneagram, it does, it like removes all the the veil and you're Mm. finally open to see like, Oh, that's why I do what I do. Mm. That's why I think that way. Or that's why I, like sabotage myself. Um, so it really does give you, a, gives me a framework and then working with people like a way to really dive into that stuff mm-hmm. in a real deep way. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing tool that gives you as a helper and mm-hmm. a therapist and coach and all that, uh, one of the best opportunities for people to, I know one of the big books is called the road back to you. Yeah. It's a great book. Yeah. The path yeah. between us. Yep. I haven't read these books, I really want to, I just don't know where to find the time, Right, (laughs) but yeah, sleepwalking, that's amazing. And you know, the, the amount of value that I think for mental health and physical health and relationships is just Mm -hmm. indescribable. Mm -hmm. And when people can really start to realize, and this is where I think you and I have such a great intersection of your philosophy. And one of my greatest ones besides the never perfect philosophy mm-hmm. is the user's guide to yourself that I love to talk about. And just kind of this roadmap of this is who I am. Yep. And I want to really make a study of who I am and value my package of strengths and weaknesses yes. and accept that. And yeah. it fits with your vulnerability theme that you, you know, embrace. Yeah. Just, you know, we can really 
delve into ourselves and then be real Mm -hmm. and accept the strengths and weaknesses and identify Mm -hmm. the strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and then share that with everyone else and work together better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And make me think of a a podcast we just did recently with Parker Palmer, Mm. who is an author and, and just, just a amazing, profound human being who I've loved for a very long time. And we started talking about this idea of calling and burnout and how Mm. they connect to each other. And, and at the root of that is people don't, we don't know ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't take the time to really reflect and get intentional about self-study. And we, we externalize, um, check the boxes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm checking all the boxes of what I'm supposed to do or who I think I am or, um, and then we get to a point and I think a lot of people, and you may see this too in midlife, mm-hmm. we're like, is this, is this it? Like, yeah. is this all, is this what, and, and I think there's a lot of dissatisfaction that settles in, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, um, you know, what I think of as burnout is kind of this spectrum of not listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like your body and your soul. It's just kind of keeps knocking at the door mm-hmm. and we don't listen and we don't listen. And then the, the culmination of all that is so much mental health, mm-hmm. um, symptoms, physical symptoms. And so, yeah. um, the way that I connect that to calling, it's like, um, and purpose. I think mm-hmm. the bigger, the larger thing we're talking about here is really purpose mm-hmm. is, you know, is, is self-awareness is mm-hmm. waking up. Like that is the purpose of our life mm-hmm. is to become awake to ourselves and being true to yourself. And, yes. And, and utilizing and, what you're made for. Yes. And what brings you passion and purpose. Yeah. And I think until we do that, we're often like trying to slot ourselves into something we're not. Mm. And, um, and that could be trying to grow strengths that aren't naturally our giftedness Mm, put a square peg into a round hole. Absolutely. Yeah. And trying to deny our own limitations and challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, Like maybe we don't, we don't want to see things about ourselves that Mm -hmm. are less than perfect Mm -hmm. as as we're talking about, but those, those are important. You know, we have to really examine like the whole spectrum, the whole picture of who we are Mm. to, to know ourselves. Yes. um, Fully. And then, and then I think, practicing self-compassion mm-hmm. around that. Um, okay. I know this about myself and that's not something I feel really good about, but I'm going to love it anyway. And right. I'm, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Absolutely. flip side to every strength and, and you get your package deals. Yes. I love to talk about cars and it's funny. I really could care less about cars, but I love to say, you know, a sports car is not supposed to do what a big, huge suburban or Tahoe is supposed to do. And a pickup truck is not like an SUV and, you know, our Mercedes sedan. I mean, you know, instead of saying, oh, I want to be able to do all of that. And the Enneagram drives that point home. And it should give people this freedom to be vulnerable and honest and imperfect and just say, hey, if you are meant to be, you know, this huge independent driven person, you may not be quite as much of a peacemaker, you know, but 
you've yes. got these amazing and we need other people to balance us out in life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all supposed to have a flip side to our strengths. That's right. Yeah. And I, I agree that the Enneagram has been such a um, catalyst for me to really understand myself at a mm-hmm. deeper level, like things that I think have evaded me for probably my whole life, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very open that I've been in therapy for, I think probably off and on for 25 years. Like, so healthy. like I've done so much therapy so <laughs> and good. the, and it's been great. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. learned so much, but I think the, the shortcut, the kind of the, the, um, roadmap, mm-hmm. the map that the Enneagram has provided me has given me language for exactly what you're talking about, which is, um, as knowing, knowing my type, mm-hmm. my, my type two, I'm a social two. So that's my subtype. There is a very specific personality structure that mm-hmm. goes with that type. And as I'm learning about it, I'm like, oh, that's like th- the mixed bag is mm. I've got these great strengths that come with being this type that make me so, um, beautiful and mm-hmm. God created me, mm-hmm. I, you know, my, to be that. And I have these like really shameful, like, I don't want to look at that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and every single type has both, you know, mm-hmm. we are a package deal. And so mm. as I'm learning all that, like, how do I bring all that out more, these strengths, these things that make my, you know, my personality structure so beautiful. Mm. And then the things that I'm, I know I have to work on Mm. and, and, um, have self-compassion around Mm -hmm. because anybody that's worked with the Enneagram will tell you it, it creates shame. Mm -hmm. It's inherently vulnerable. Um, and we have to come to that with a lot of love and compassion for Mm. ourselves as we're learning, um, about these personalities that we all have. So much of it really makes me think of existential philosophy mm-hmm. and just existential psychology yes, and yeah. man's search for meaning Oh yeah, and just why are we here and what are we meant to do? Yeah. What's yeah. our responsibility? Yeah. And the, the sleepwalking idea comes from Gurdjieff, mm. who was the, I was mentioning he's the, yeah. um, I kind of, I think of him more as an Enneagram philosopher and Ooh. he was, um, you know, hundreds of years ago um, was when he really used the Enneagram to help us think about universal laws and universal principles and, Mm. you know, came to talk about like the law of one, the law of seven, the law of three. And there's all these kind of universal, almost mathematical. Mm. um, I was hearing your history podcast on the Enneagram this morning, actually. And some of that fascinating, the mathematical. And and it really is. I mean, there's so much. And again, that's what I'm saying when I, the more I learn, the more I'm like, I just don't know. (laughs) It should be a new major, like a PhD in the Enneagram. Absolutely. Um, But this idea of sleepwalking is... Has, has stuck with me a lot mm-hmm. because we think we're awake. We think we're making choices mm-hmm. consciously. You know, I'm choosing to go to Starbucks. I'm choosing, or I'm choosing to react to someone this way or mm-hmm. I'm, or not react, or I'm choosing to um, have a conversation or a mindset around this. And what Gurdjieff says is that we, we're not consciously choosing. We're on autopilot mode. We are on autopilot and we're, um, until, unless and until you do the self-study 
uh, the Enneagram just makes it a lot easier, mm-hmm. quite frankly, mm-hmm. but you can do it without the Enneagram. Yeah. But until you really look a hard and deep at your own behavior patterns, mm-hmm. um, kind of default mm-hmm. reactions, love that word, then you, you really, you are uh, like on like automation. You're just kind of reacting mm-hmm. instead of really choosing how you want to show up in the world, how you want to respond, being mindful and intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And so that the idea that we're all sleepwalking has just, um, and then how do you not sleepwalk? How do you become awake to yourself? Yeah. Um, I bet you're familiar with the allegory of the cave. Yes. I bet your husband really is too, as a humanities professor background. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the idea. Wow. Like we think we're seeing things accurately, but they're shadows mm-hmm. and they're, they're skewed and distorted and we don't see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think when you, um, like, so for me as a type two, mm-hmm. you know, I see the world a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I see, um, uh, other people tend to be a reference point instead of, you know, and I, yes. I, I go outside of myself first um, to really make decisions or consider, you know, I consider other people before mm-hmm. I consider myself. That's like kind the of people, the, people pleasing. Yes, and yes. And that's part of the default of the type two. And so before I knew the Enneagram, I thought everybody did that. I thought <laughs> right. that's what you do. Yeah. You just think everybody sees the world the way you do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so learning that, oh no, that's like a box I'm in. That's mm-hmm. so how do I get out of that? Mm-hmm. And there's a prescription for my personality type. Mm-hmm. for how to loosen the shackles a little bit of how I've done things my whole life, because that's what I knew, you know, mm. and that there's so many other ways that people see things and do things. And, and I'm learning about all these different ways and they're mm-hmm. just as viable and they have just as many strengths and, mm. um, as I do or exactly and challenges too. They have a different emphasis. It's like, if you looked at it as what is your major in life? Right. Like you choose a major in college and you don't realize that other people don't have the same major. That's right. I love that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, um, good. I, and I'm, I can't even imagine all the examples you have. Um, I'm just so new to being a little bit obsessed with the Enneagram, but I'll be like, there's so many ones married to sevens. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I have some fun theories on, you sometimes marry someone who has what you don't have. Right. Yeah. Me as a people pleaser, I thought my husband was going to be an eight and he is high on eight, the challenger. Yeah. But he turned out to be a five, as I mentioned to you before, but I found it so refreshing to be with someone that's a challenger and and that five, which is likes to be alone and doesn't mind disappointing people and and can be brutally honest to people's faces. And I'm like, wow, that's so courageous. I need more of that. That's a breath of fresh air. But then of course that can have a flip side when you're married for 20 years or whatever. Then it's like, okay, can we curb that a little bit? Yeah. That's a little too much, honey. Yeah. I I agree. I think there's unconscious uh, connection points going on all the time, Mm -hmm. certainly in spouses. I think friendships as well. I think, Mm -hmm. Um, we are unconsciously drawn to certain mm-hmm. people um, and I think unconsciously repelled. Yes. And there's sure. probably, I think there's, uh, and what I love about the Enneagram is that it, it reveals how 
to be how to become a whole person. Mm. So those things that you're unconsciously drawn and repelled by are probably the things in yourself mm-hmm. that need some attention work. and work. Um, yeah. Yes, like to become the whole human, uh, which I believe is is purpose. It's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Um, we have to grow up those parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think the life brings us opportunities all the time Mm -hmm. to grow those things up um, in us that need some attention and work. And, but most of us aren't paying attention. Yeah. Because we we would rather just sleepwalk and kind of stay on autopilot and avoid it. And in what I'm, I'm saying and what we say with big self is um, that's life. That's like, that's the good stuff. Uh Like that's the really good stuff when you're paying attention uh, even when it sucks, even when it's challenging, like mm-hmm. paying attention to what life is giving you to mm-hmm. grow you, then that's joy. Like that's fulfillment. Right. And that's really, I think, what the whole point of our existence is about. Yes. Learning from others, yeah. learning from ourselves. Oh, yeah. The feedback sure. we get from yeah. our kids or our spouse yeah. or In our, our colleagues. bodies, like mm-hmm. really paying attention to those clues of, um, of there's a saying of, you know, we're always growing or we're all, we're always evolving or devolving. Mm. And so um, we're not stagnant. We're either getting healthier or better or worse. That's right. Yeah. I really do believe that. That's Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that without intention, um, and willingness Mm -hmm. to grow and kind of look at some things, then, um, we stay at, you know, pretty low levels of awareness. And, and mm. I do, I think it's, we can, um, retreat, mm-hmm. even, go back, regress, maybe the better word. Yeah. That's really convicting in a way, because as you know, I have ADHD and I think being introspective is a, a real weakness of mine. And I think a lot of people with ADHD probably struggle with that as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm my interpersonal intelligence is way better than my intrapersonal mm-hmm. intelligence mm-hmm. and being sitting still and, and really being mindful and meditative and soul searching is yeah. so important. And I had a question, um, about this. What would you say to people who might say, well, isn't that selfish to mm-hmm. spend a lot of time studying yourself? What would you say to that? I, um, I get it. I understand mm-hmm. the question, um, but I think that it's essential. Mm-hmm. Um, can it be selfish? Of course. Like to, right. to, to, you know, navel gaze as people would call it. Mm. Um, I think to your own edification could mm-hmm. be, I guess it, people could perceive You could take it, it too selfishly. far potentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, but at the same time, I think that there's, um, how, how we, um, know ourselves mm-hmm. is only going to benefit mm-hmm. others, the consciousness of the world, how we're evolving as a planet. Amen. Yeah. And, and I think, um, when I think about how the continuum of introspection or, or mm-hmm. not, you know, mm-hmm. then I think we, it would behoove us, mm-hmm. all of us collectively to do a little bit more. And if we're not used to flexing that muscle, then it does feel selfish. Yeah. Um, 
But in my opinion, uh, I think that's mm-hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. Like yeah. We need more people um, looking inside and mm-hmm. then and how that impacts so much of what we do at Big Self is um, inner work and outer impact. Mm. And it's it's like this. Yes, it's both. We need to do really exactly. big, impactful, meaningful work. We have to come to it from a place of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does require some effort and some introspection. So That's amazing because your emphasis in the big self school on leadership is mm-hmm. so connected to how healthy you are. And if you know yourself, mm-hmm. you can utilize your gifts And when you are at peace with who you are and you love yourself, Mm -hmm. you project that out into the world and you realize how much you have to offer and Mm -hmm. you can be more other centered. Absolutely. Well, and let me give an example because, Mm -hmm. um, so people can, cause I, and I'll just use myself, um, who went through burnout Mm -hmm. and I, um, have probably several periods of my life would overextend Mm -hmm. to the point where I'd get really sick Mm -hmm. and that would be physically um, mentally, mm-hmm. just like not in good places. Mm-hmm. And so this last kind of bout of burnout was bad. It was really mm-hmm. bad. And I, um, was in therapy and I, you know, was seeing doctors who were all trying to get me healthy again. Mm-hmm. And I was finally like, why do I keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And to the point where, um, I'm no good to anybody else Right. when I get to that place. Um, and, I figured out like, okay, there is this part of me that deeply believes I'm not worthy unless I'm like overextending myself for other people mm-hmm. and be, and, um, having no boundaries. Yes. No, but, ba- and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes along with the personality structure of the type two, mm-hmm. which started to make sense to me and seeing the, the pride, which is the passion mm. of type two, the pride mm. of like being an emotional pattern of needing to be more important, needing, needing to be seen like self-importance. I'm so important. It would devastate everyone if I didn't come or if I said if, no, exactly. Like they need me. Yeah. Look how important I am. Yes. And I've got to, I've got to do all these things for all these people because they need yeah. me. Yes. There that's the, the voice of pride. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's a crazy bitch. It's a weird. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, it is this, this very strong part of me. It seems altruistic, but it can be oh, very self-serving. Yeah, and absolutely. I have a lot of this too, as a two. So yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, And a lot of, um, emotional labor that I do on behalf of other people that they never ask me to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, you know, to, to look at myself and say like, okay, why don't, what's this pattern that keeps showing up in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, the, to put some language to it, to put some, um, eyeballs on it. Yeah. And then like, okay, how do I change it? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep doing this to myself or to other people. And that was a blind spot that the Enneagram opened Absolutely. your eyes to. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, again, life serves us what we need. Mm-hmm. So life was serving mm-hmm. me burnout. Mm-hmm. It was serving me, you know, people that, um, relationships that were struggling because of my 
That was pride. feedback. That was a natural consequence of overextending exactly. and working too hard. Yes. And so the ability or the willingness to look at it, um, I am, I'm nowhere near not sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of work to do, but it cracked something. It was like, okay, a little, little crack in this, uh, the exoskeleton of the personality. Like it gave me a little bit of a glimpse of, okay, that's not really who I am. Right. You know, the kind of, there's, there's more. And and I I talk about essence a lot, like Mm. the the soul, the part of us that's really who we are. Um, And Mm. then getting to that crack is, um, yeah, has been really powerful for me. And then to back to your point, it does impact your work. Because when mm-hmm. you come at it from a, li- a more authentic place, mm-hmm. uh, and it's sometimes hard for me to describe that, like the inner work, I can I can talk about, and I because I've I like pay attention to it, and I can describe it, but the shift that happens externally, your how your impact change or the work changes, it's it's really profound, but it's hard for me to describe kind of that shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people will say that they, they know, like, I'm doing my work differently, but I don't really know how, hmm. like I'm, uh, it's authentic, it's sustaining, it's joyful. Hmm. Um, it's stuff I feel called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So neat. I mean, you know, one of, I kind of joke that probably two of my biggest purposes or passions in life, if you want to call them superpowers are lowering the bar for other people mm. and making them comfortable in their own skin. Oh, I love that. And that's mm. to me what the Enneagram kind of does, but it's not lowering the bar so that you accomplish less or achieve less. It actually makes you so much better. Yes. And, and it actually you can achieve and accomplish so much more if you lower the bar, make it healthy. I love that. So for years I fought myself, mm. like I need to be big, better, do more. Mm-hmm. That's pride. Mm-hmm. And I love how you're talking about that because it's um, intuitively mm-hmm. the way you're just, is what's happened to me. It's wow. like lowering those expectations and mm-hmm. those standards into reality. Mm. So I'm not, I'm it's, realistic. It's realistic. It's not, not self abuse. I don't need to be self-inflated mm-hmm. and I don't need to deflate right. either. It's right. like there's a neutrality to this work, it's like, I am who I am. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is who I am. Yes. So I'm going to just start putting my hand on my head every time I feel like my mind just got blown because so many of the things you're saying, my mind is like yeah. blown. And, and when I'm you like, settle into mm-hmm. who you are, mm-hmm. the work changes, the mm-hmm. way you work changes, the expectations you have of yourself and your work changes. And that's what, what when my mind blows when I see clients do that, when mm. they get to this, like settling into who they are mm. and then their work, it just, it shifts. And it's really, it's, it's, it's hard to always explain what that shift is. But when you're, when you see people do it and you're mm-hmm. doing it, you feel it. It's like, okay, I've already this got is about different. five titles I'm considering for this podcast. Oh, good. Settle into who you are. Mm. the essence. I just love that word essence. And did you say I am who I am? Was that what you Mm -hmm. said a minute ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's, you know, getting to that place. It's like, I don't, I don't have anything to prove. I mean, I still do. I feel like, but when I can get to, um, 
the settling. It's mm-hmm. like it's like the residue kind of settles. And then it is like I can who I am is like, you don't have to prove anything. Yeah. There's nothing here to prove. Now I fight that most of the time. I don't mm-hmm. believe that most of the time. Yeah. But when I'm doing my good inner work, I can believe that. Yeah. Just accept and embrace who you are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And you don't have to prove something. It's sort of like being at peace mm-hmm. and, and having an understanding and a really deep peace and acceptance, then you can just be, you don't, and it just comes naturally to do what you're meant to do. And then to kind of like, and love and accept yourself. Yeah. And then it's, uh, that makes me think of the, the holy idea of type two is freedom Mm. and freedom from, uh, the way I think of it, freedom from the impulse Mm -hmm. of the ego to Mm -hmm. want to, um, earn love. Because when you're free from that, you don't have to earn love. Wow. It's it's there. It's you. It's who you are. And and the personality, all the nine personality structures lie to us mm-hmm. that we're separate from that holy idea. We have to do something to earn it. And so when you get do the work and you, I mean, again, like I have glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not something that I live in. Like I'm almost there. I'm gl- I glimpse it, uh-huh. um, the, the holy idea of freedom, but mm. there, there is something, um, uh, I don't know the right word. There's a, a detaching from, um, and maybe it's a little bit of like a, a little mini ego death. Mm. Maybe I'll think of it that way. Wow. It doesn't, fe- I mean, I feel like that's too strong of a word. Letting for me, go of maybe like a false idol or false something. Self. Yeah. False self. Yeah. Like a little bit of a disidentifying mm. with it. And so then I can pick up wh- who I really am, which is found in that freedom. Uh, mm. And like for the type nine, the holy idea is, is holy love, mm. that they're loved fully, you know, and all these types have a holy idea mm. that we, you know, when our personalities formed in childhood, we begin to believe that we are removed or separate from those holy ideas. And so hmm. our work is getting back and to touch with that. That is so profound. Can you unpack that a little more? Because you've got me really intrigued about this holy idea of being different for each of the nine types. Mm-hmm. Can you describe it? Like, so the two's holy ideas, freedom, the nines is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they each have, and it's the, um, the each, t- each personality structure has mm-hmm. a psyche map is the mm-hmm. way that we think about it. And so when you learn your type, mm-hmm. you have a map, a psyche map, like, okay, if I'm a type two, I mm-hmm. have to, these are the things I need to do in order to grow. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the, the the nirvana, I guess, would be the holy idea that that's what we're trying to get back to. Oh, and that's our purest form of yourself. Yes. And so uh, my teachers have taught me that we're born with a type. Uh We come into the world with our type. That's Mm -hmm. who we are. It's reinforced throughout childhood, through adolescence, Mm -hmm. through adulthood. Um, And then it only begins to kind of unravel Mm -hmm. when you, wake up and you Mm -hmm. see yourself as this type, then the work is the psyche map and kind of getting back in touch with essence, which is who you 
who you really were are right who you are born to be before your personality puts you in a box mm. um and each type has has a very specific path and a holy idea that you're um reintegrating it's like your mission or your lesson or yes makes yeah. me think of writers of the lost ark or yeah something. yeah yeah and it's you know and there's a great book by sandra matry um the spiritual dimensions of the enneagram hmm. and she talks a lot about um her belief and what my teachers have taught me around essence you know you're born into a body and into the world but you are you are um, a soul, you have an essence that came from something bigger, some mm. collective. And um, we lose touch with that. Mm -hmm. And so we lose touch with essence in nine different ways. Um, I've lost touch with it through a loss of freedom. So I feel like I have to earn, earn um, worthiness. I have mm -hmm. to do things for people. Mm -hmm. I have to do emotional labor for them, mm -hmm. or I have to um, for me, I, I'm not the kind of helper that like, like bakes pies for people. Mm -hmm. Like there's some twos that do that. I don't mm -hmm. do that. So your worth feels conditional based on your performance. Exactly. And how, and, and a, a real kind of deep seated belief that it has to be earned. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a lot of the type structure for the two mm -hmm. is that, um, I'm not lovable as I am. I have mm -hmm. to do things mm -hmm. and serve people as a means, a mechanism by which I can get what I most want. And so mm -hmm. in getting in touch with that and finding my way to this holy idea of freedom mm -hmm. means it's, I don't have to flatter people or charm them or get them to like me. Mm -hmm. Like that's the box that the two lives in. Um, and then like with type nine, to go back to that, you know, um, nines kind of, um, it's similar, you know, because mm -hmm. I think about this holy idea of love, but nines, um, the fixation for type nine is indolence, hmm. which is this, I'm not important, this belief, this kind of mindset that my ideas, my opinions, my being isn't important. Kind of devaluing yourself. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, marginalizing your strengths. Absolutely. Yeah. And really dismissing them and pushing all yeah, of that dismissive of yourself. Yeah. Which yeah. is so, so to get to do the work of the nine to mm -hmm. get back in touch with the holy love um, is really getting back in touch with your own essence, mm -hmm. your own value, your own. Uh, I, and I think of it almost like your own um, unity, like you're connected to everybody. Mm -hmm. You don't have to fear separation, which is what the type nine really fears is mm -hmm. a conflict. And if I'm, if we have conflict, then mm -hmm. I'm separate. You don't mm -hmm. love me. They're afraid to be angry at people they love, which is one of our rights. It's just a natural part yes. of living. That's right. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, anger is a very valuable mm -hmm. emotion that, is there's a, there's a, it's a messenger. It's a, there's a point to mm -hmm. anger as an emotion, as you know, right. Mm -hmm. We talk, we teach clients this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but that I, the type nine, I'm already connected to love. I don't have to fear losing mm -hmm. it. I already mm -hmm. have it. And so that's the, the, the psyche map for the type nine is getting through, you know, doing the inner work to really, um, 
challenge the false self mm-hmm. notion that I'm somehow disconnected and from real love from mm-hmm. people. Um, that sense of unworthiness really makes a lot of sense because I think my father is a peacemaker and he's had some health issues and really just hates to ask anyone for anything or to accept help. Mm -hmm. And I had a couple in my office yesterday and the, the husband is a nine and he hates to ask for anything. Mm -hmm. Even if his wife tells him, please ask for this. Mm -hmm. He still just doesn't want to trouble anyone. And Mm -hmm. and I would imagine that's partly an unworthiness. Yeah. Yeah. And type nines, um, and again, a lot of this is unconscious, so they're mm-hmm. not even like aware. Yeah, they maybe think everyone else is like this too. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, isn't everybody like this? Yeah. But they they fall asleep to themselves, and a lot mm. of type nines. I, I mean, they literally will look sleepy. They mm. they fall asleep to their own instincts and um, emotions and needs, and so um, wow. And it's it's almost out of a a default to just to stay comfortable. Mm. Because if I'm important and I speak up or if I express my needs, mm-hmm. you might say no, you may mm-hmm. not reciprocate. You might not meet me there. And that is too painful. And you might not love me if I'm high maintenance and we're all yes, high maintenance. We're all high maintenance. That's right. Wow. Yeah. So waking up to themselves is a lot of nines I work with. It's, um, they don't love this work because they have to get a little uncomfortable Uh huh. because they've oriented their life so much around comfort mm. and dismissing their own energy. They almost. want those blind spots almost yeah. like I love that falling it's asleep. Comfortable. It's yeah. like, ah, don't, don't rock wanna, the boat. Don't want to ruffle. Yeah. Ruffle feathers anything. here. Yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. fascinating. So, but, they, but to grow, um, and I, and I actually work a lot with nines mm-hmm. in leadership positions and, um, and they make fantastic leaders because they see, you know, multiple per- perspectives and they're really good at bringing people together and, uh, mediating conflict. Um, but they spin in this inertia sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times they'll come to me and they're like, I'm just stuck. I'm stuck. I'm uh, procrastinating. I'm like, I'm not, I can't move forward. I can't mm-hmm. figure out the next thing. And I'm just in this they don't spinning. want to make waves or something. Yeah. So they get stuck. Yeah. And, um, and so for them, they have to like start getting in touch with themselves and their emotions and their impulses and then communicating them. Mm. Um, and that's really hard for nines to do sometimes because it's, it might create conflict. Uh huh. I bet Jungian psychology would be helpful for someone that's a type nine. I just, scratch the surface on listening to a Jungian podcast. And I love, they were saying that our brains and ourselves, we are ruled by a committee of like our id and ego and super ego. And just like, are are you familiar with, um, internal family systems? Yeah, not enough. Okay. It's been a while, but somewhat. Yeah. Cause that makes me think of that. Like oh, yeah. sub personalities and parts work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do that a lot with people, um, w- learning their type, you know, and every type has a passion, mm. which is our unconscious emotional patterns. Mm. Um, and so for type two, it's pride, mm-hmm. um, for type nine, it's sloth, mm-hmm. which is this kind of, um, doing a lot of things, but not the one right thing. Mm. is what nines tend to struggle. And so every type has this pattern. And so I'll do 
um, I, I try to do some internal family systems where we'll say like, okay, let's talk to sloth. Mm-hmm. Let's like really understand what it's wanting for you, what it's, its intentions are, what's motivating it. And so there's then, a lack of clarity and prioritizing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and a so big that's thing with ADHD as yeah, well. Yeah. That's, and so, so really like going into that, um, it's an internal conversation we're already having, mm. but to put a spotlight on it and be like, okay, let's like really figure out what's, what's the subcommittee, the committee in your mind that is having this monologue all the time. Yeah. So let's just like not avoid it. Let's mm. go into it. Let's like pay attention to let's it. Let's unpack it and yeah. delve in. And it's got a lot of good information for us Oh man, um, to start understanding. Yeah. All the different aspects to our, to mm. our personalities. Yeah. Well, I was just reading some of my notes from your website and, and this relates like three of your missions, or I don't know what you would call it, but passions in your big self school is building self-knowledge, which we're talking about Mm -hmm. strengthening your leadership and then activating your purpose. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been turned on to, um, and in fact, this year I'm doing a, um, certification and purpose mm-hmm. coaching. Mm. And because I, I, I can I think I took it for granted mm-hmm. that purpose was just something, I don't know. Like, it's just you, you, we all have a, a purpose. Mm-hmm. So to, I, there's, um, an organization called true purpose Institute mm. and the way that they, um, frame it up, like they're, how to, how to think about your purpose at a really granular level. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you were just saying like your two superpowers, mm-hmm. you know, lowering the bar mm-hmm. for people, um, like that's a purpose mm-hmm. that is in, and I, I, I don't think I've ever thought about it as granular as mm-hmm. that. Like we do have very distinct purposes that I think transcend our personality. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know that it has anything to do with, personality. Yeah. I am on a mission to do certain things and that's why I'm doing the podcast. And that's in your mission, the big self school. It's like one of my greatest passions and callings in life relates to some of these things we're talking about right now. Mm. That's neat. Yeah. And I really, I like with leadership, I never, I didn't really think that was my purpose, Mm -hmm. but when I think about the work that really lights me up, Mm -hmm. um, it is around that because mm-hmm. I see leaders have such, they touch so many people inside their organizations and they have the capacity to make things um, amazing mm-hmm. and healthy and mm-hmm. vital. And they have the capacity to really screw things up mm-hmm. and hurt people and mm-hmm. be very dangerous mm-hmm. on steroids. Yes. So that scales throughout an organization. So to, to really like, understand purpose that way. Like how do, how do I, who do I want to touch? Mm-hmm. How do I want to, um, help people scale who they are? Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Back to the, who you, who you are. Yeah. Idea. Well, and your idea of how we're all interconnected. I always love that image of a quilt mm-hmm. and one of the underlying themes and everything we're talking about. And definitely one of my greatest missions is how we, if we know ourselves and we really see what we're meant to do and what our gifts are and just accept the flip side of the negatives or the, the weaknesses and the struggles that we can go out in the world more 
mindfully and deliberately and, and mm. be so comfortable in our skin, but also make a difference and love other people. Well, mm-hmm. love ourselves. Well, that the implications for mental health, for oh my gosh, yeah. relationships, for finding your purpose and doing what you're meant to do yeah. instead of putting that square peg in the round hole. Yeah. It just, it could change everything. It really could. Yeah. And I, and I, I think it, I can't understate or overstate, I guess, mm-hmm. that let raising the consciousness of mm-hmm. the world. I mm-hmm. mean, if I'm really like, think about, okay, what do I really want to help do? That's it. Yes. Like, I want more people awake. Yes. And we're all alive. in this together. We're all yeah. in the same boat. I mean, of course, there's so many paradoxes and contradictions with that. Like, of course, we're not in the same boat in the sense of some people just have a world where they have no food and they're abused all the time. And that's harder than people with just more of an average life. Um, but in the sense of the humanness and how we all have so much to offer Mm. and we all have weaknesses and we're all high maintenance and Mm. we're one of these, um, I think it was Stan Tatkin that I heard about from, uh, in my podcast with Carol Stoney on healthy couplehood a few weeks ago. He, I think it's Stan Tatkin talks about how we're all burdens. And I love that because I always say we're all hard to live with. And I'm like, burdens is a good, you know, that's just life. I mean, and life is hard. That's part of the human condition. Yes. Welcome to the human race. Exactly. (laughs) I'm married to someone that's difficult. Welcome to the club. That's right. Yeah. My spouse doesn't meet all my needs. Join the club. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, what, um, and I do think I agree with you. I think some of us start have a privileged starting block. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We, we do have, you know, we're starting at a different spot, mm-hmm. but I, I think all of us, all humans mm-hmm. can, um, make choices of evolution mm-hmm. wherever we're starting from. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're given opportunities, if we seize the opportunities, um, and if we want it. Oh yeah. I have seen some just inspiring teenagers and young adults and people of all ages that say my life was really hard in these ways, but I wouldn't change it Mm. because it's made me who I am. That's right. And that perspective of just, you know, not, there's a a saying that I quoted in my dissertation, which was on grief. And it said the last part of that quote, the whole quote is amazing, but it will say grief will make a whole new person out of you if it doesn't kill you in the making. Mm. And it's like, life trials and life struggles can really make you into an amazingly strong person if you can survive it. Right. Yeah. I remember telling when um, I would work with clients in therapy and I would say this, this is, you've just been through something traumatic Mm -hmm. and terrible Mm -hmm. and you're you on the other side or in the, in the, even in the midst of that, Mm -hmm. you're getting things from that. This isn't how you wanted to get these Right. These lessons, These abilities, this, yes. this sucks. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest about yeah. that. But you're getting them nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's shaping you. And again, mm-hmm. the idea that life brings us things that um, change us and mm-hmm. shape us. And we are evolving or devolving in mm-hmm. those, in those situations. And so we can use them to grow or we can lay down in a fetal position mm-hmm. and just shut down. And sometimes down. we do need to lay down. Yes. And sometimes yes. we need to let other people hold us and mm-hmm. hold, um, and just say, this isn't fair. This isn't right. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I want to write a book called life is a comma mm. about all the, you know, 
tantrums, be human, be mad, grieve, like, Mm -hmm. and then the comma is what's next? Like Mm -hmm. the resilience that we have, that we can practice Mm. moving through really terrible things. Yeah. Um, We, we do have that choice. That's the comma idea. We have that. uh, It's, and it's, Mm -hmm. I want to be mad and emotional and human, and I'm going to be resilient. And right. You need to do both. Ooh, that brings up a favorite piece of advice that I would challenge anyone to do this either mentally or actually writing it down. We really need to be, to be fair to ourselves and be healthy. We need to recognize and be aware and validate everything hard in our life. Mm -hmm. What is really difficult, stressful, painful in my life? And what am I so thankful for in Mm -hmm. my life? What's really good in my life? And I think some people try to do one or the other Mm -hmm. and not both. Mm -hmm. So your your comma idea kind of makes me think of that. Like you have to have recovery time and cut yourself slack. I like to say that giving a hundred percent depends on what season you're in. Oh, for sure. I mean, when I had three kids kind of back to back and was extremely sleep deprived, I was giving a hundred percent of what I could in Mm -hmm. therapy, but Mm -hmm. I was fried. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I had, you know, didn't need to work for finances, I probably should have taken some time off Mm. because I was so, so exhausted, Mm -hmm. but I did the best I could, you know, and that was a hundred percent, but it wasn't, what I'm able to give when I'm with self, have self-care and yeah. exercise and sleep enough, I can yeah. give more, yeah. you know? Yeah. I like that. Cause I, I think we do have to, um, reimagine what a hundred percent is yeah. in different times of our lives. Yeah. If you're going through a divorce, yeah. you know, you may not be able to concentrate at work as well, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, or like raising children or going through cancer or, or in pandemic. chronic pain. <laughs> yes. The pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. That I know is, um, really challenged and shifted mm-hmm. what that hundred percent looks like. Mm. Uh, and that's been hard when you're used to giving a hundred percent and then, uh, to, you know, free yourself mm-hmm. from that mandate mm-hmm. is really tough to do. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, I have one more thought and then anything else you want to say. Um, I just love it. I'm like on the edge of my seat for every single thing that comes out of your mouth. But, you know, thinking about you seem very philosophical and I like to think philosophically a lot. Mm-hmm. One of my new philosophies I'm kind of obsessed with is sort of the idea of practicing the opposite of what your normal tendencies are. Ooh, yeah. And sort of like but this is where the contradiction or the paradox comes in is like, we really need to be true to ourselves and our purpose of like, Mm -hmm. what were we born to do? But then the scary thing for a peacemaker is maybe asking for what you need Mm -hmm. or rocking the boat or a scary thing for a two is to say no to -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember someone talking about if they tend to be kind of stingy, they need to practice non-materialism or Mm. just generosity and just, Mm taking yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's one of those things in life is like making people more comfortable in their skin, but also the courage and the fear is doing the opposite of what you normally do sometimes. Yeah. What is, um, I think it's Brene Brown, the courage over comfort. 
Courage over comfort. Is that what she said? You know, I I don't know. I am listening to more of her podcasts than I ever have before, but I'm probably only on like eight. Choose courage over comfort, and which I love. And but I also think I think sometimes we need to choose comfort. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like sometimes, like that's a good choice. But Mm. I like like to to grow. um, We have to push. We have to let in discomfort. That's the only mm-hmm. way we grow. Yeah. We are not, that's just, that's just part of the deal. Ooh, and yeah. so the other reason I love the Enneagram is because, um, I was mentioning every type has a passion, uh-huh. which is the root of our suffering. Like mm-hmm. the, the core, core, core root of our suffering has nine passions and each pas- passion also has a virtue. Mm. So, so to speak to your point, like it's the antidote, it's the mm. opposite. So if pride is the passion of type two, mm-hmm. humility is the opposite mm-hmm. and humility is what I have to practice. Um, it's funny. I just posted on LinkedIn, um, last night, that idea that I'm really working on humility mm. and, um, you know, humility is accepting my own limitations mm. in a realistic I don't have to inflate or deflate myself. It's mm-hmm. just who I am. Exactly. And so, so I have humility is, um, is, is helping me do that. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite, but it's also getting me in touch with who I really am. And so, um, and for like type nine, we've been talking a little bit about type nine, their virtue is what we call right action. Hmm. And so it is, um, inhabiting the energy to do the the right thing, the one thing where nines spin and sloth mm. and they get kind of disconnected and mm-hmm. lost in sloth. So to get to do the opposite means I'm going to do one thing that is the right thing that I need to do today. The healthy, best thing, the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. And I'll, when I'm coaching nine, sometimes um, I'll say, well, what's your gut say? What do you mm-hmm. need to do? And they're like, okay, I need to go do this. I'm like, well, go do it. I'll wait. Mm. That's, that's right action. And they're like, Oh no, don't make me do it. I'm like, I'll wait. You go do that thing. You know, you need to do it. Don't, that's don't healthy talk and yourself best. out of this. Yeah. Um, don't fall asleep to it, uh-huh. which is what nines want to do. So, um, wow. and that's, that's the opposite. That's discomfort. That's yes. pushing into, in a healthy way yeah and disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed absolutely yeah and so Mm -hmm. i i guess i would encourage everybody who wants to grow um to do the 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 opposite Mm -hmm. that's how we break those patterns and if they want to really understand what's like specifically for them to really get to know their Enneagram type, mm. to understand their structure. Like, and there's so many good books to read uh, to, for people to get into really understanding that mm-hmm. per, their personality. And then they'll have a, they'll have a map. Okay. This is what I need to be doing mm. to break out of this. Figuring this is, out this your is what own the mission. Opposite looks like. Yeah. 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 And then you do, you kind of create your life mission. Like, and I call it the growth path. Mm. Um, where, you know, be, get on the path, you know, we're never there. We don't ever arrive, but to be on the path means I am intentionally going to grow. I'm going to put myself in situations. I'm going to accept what life's bringing. I'm going to study myself and I'm going to be intentional about the impact I want to have on other people. 
from that place of yeah. deep self-awareness. That's yeah. So mind blowing right there. Just what can you do that would be healthy, but push yourself out of your comfort zone for growth. Yeah. And it is both. That's why I think we do need, we still need comfort. Yes. We still need to be held and mm-hmm. hold ourselves mm-hmm. and practice compassion, but we can't stay there right. if we want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are different seasons in life where you need to protect yourself and, yeah. and grieve or be comfortable and not push yourself. I call it recovery time. Yes. But then a lot of us just don't rock the boat in our own world enough to grow mm-hmm. and see the value of other sides. Um, Mm-hmm. Well, this is just incredibly profound and thought provoking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know I could easily go off on some more tangents. I do. Yeah. Maybe another time I wanted to hear, there was something I read about the five. Um, there was something about five purposes or five, oh, five mm. callings. Yes. Yes. But that's probably way too big of a can of worms. I'd love maybe another time. Yeah. We can talk well, and I'll that. just say though, to that, uh-huh. um, th- that idea, um, was kind of the opposite kind of, I was, we, Chad and I both were wanting to counter the idea that we have a single calling Oh, and that if I don't find it, I'm screwed. Right. There's <laughs> like, one what thing. Is it? Yes. And we just, I didn't, I just, fundamentally don't believe that. I think that there are seasons to life. Mm -hmm. I think there are, um, you know, the, the big calling, the big purpose, I think is really to be open and aware and awake to what life's bringing Mm. for your own growth. Mm -hmm. Um, now how that shapes up, I think can be a lot of look a lot of different ways. Some of us are called to serve. Mm -hmm. Some of us are called to, um, teach, some of us are called to counsel, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's lots of manifestations mm-hmm. of that, but, um, yeah. So that's the idea. We didn't yeah. want to believe that there's just this or endorse this idea that there's one calling that everybody has and you have to figure it out. That's true. And maybe in your purpose coaching, you could, you know, I'm sure you have all these great techniques for doing that, but people could write down like a top 10 things that would, mm-hmm. I would be so passionate about. Is it getting clean water to third world countries yes. or is it counseling or is it spe- being an inspirational speaker yes. or helping people make their house brighter and more beautiful so they're happier at home? I mean, right. and it's really hard. At, life is so full of trial and error. How are you ever going to know and project, oh, I would have been 89% happy in that career and 83% in this one. Yeah. You just approximate it as closely as you can. Yeah. But they could all be an amazing calling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have multiple callings mm-hmm. um, to say that I'm not called to be a mother, that I have to, I'm called to be this one mm-hmm. thing. No, I think we have, we have hats we wear. We have different things that we're led to. Um, Mm -hmm. and that can change Mm -hmm. over time. So I think that we just need to free ourselves and be a little bit more flexible with how we have the conversation around person purpose and calling. Yeah. It's not black and white and there's not just one answer to anything. No. And that's a lot of, um, I, I think the, uh, disadvantage of the Christian legacy, mm-hmm. like the background that I have is like mm-hmm. this, you're called to this one thing, mm. um, that I've had to kind of loosen up that idea. And Chad too, like he, you know, being mm-hmm. called to the ministry or called to seminary. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we think about that a little bit differently now. Yeah, yeah. That was a neat 
um, tidbit that I heard in college in a Christian group that I used to go to um, called RUF. I learned more there than I probably did in, at Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that was at Vanderbilt. But what one thing that the minister there said was that it's wrong to think that you need to be a pastor or a missionary as a Christian. Like we want Christians in every field. Right. We want Christian, you know, musicians, Christian garbage collectors, Christian teachers. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it it's mm-hmm. every profession is sacred yeah. and yep. you can have a sacred calling that has Absolutely. nothing obviously to do with yes. your faith, but yes. it is very, a huge act of worship to serve with your purpose in any line of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I've been deeply impacted by Parker Palmer. And Mm. if you don't know him, you should know. I've got to, I wrote that down. He's amazing. And he does the idea of calling, like it's just, it's bringing your gifts into the world. Mm. But until you know what those gifts are (laughs) showing up and yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been absolutely dreamy and Mm -hmm. so informative and so inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. um, Thank you. Letting me share, um, like you were saying earlier, I don't get a chance often to to kind of wax on about these things that I'm, um, you know, even to hear myself say some of this, it's like, oh yeah, I really do. I think I believe that strongly. Yeah. You have an amazing podcast, but yeah, this forum to be able to talk about this. Well, thank thank you. you. I know you're incredibly busy and I hope you'll do more of this because when you host a podcast, sometimes you end up eliciting and bringing out your, your guests and what they think, but what you think to bring that to a wider audience, Mm -hmm. because you can't coach every person who wants to be coached by you. But if you can tell a hundred people or 10,000 people, some of your favorite tidbits, it, it spreads these amazing pearls of wisdom and And further, I I guess. And I hope the takeaway is for people to feel invigorated, to want to, to, study themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what this whole project is about for us with big self. It's this, you know, the formula is big ideas plus true self equals big self. Ooh. And so that's the, that's the path, you know, and I hope people will get on that path and stay on it for the rest of their lives. Big ideas plus true self equals, equals big, big self. self. Ooh, mm-hmm. maybe that should be the title of our podcast okay. today. If that's not, yeah, plagiarizing your other titles (laughs) no i love it yay this is great thank you so much thank you